Good morning, beloved. How are you doing? Well, like I've been gone for a year <laughs> from, you, from, from being in a new season's church. Um, good to be here this morning with you. Um, we have a good old-fashioned word today. Let's pray. Spirit of living God, let your rain drop from heaven for fresh upon your people. Spirit of living God, let your rain drop from heaven for fresh upon your word. Spirit of living God, let your rain drop from heaven for on your servant this morning. Lord, let me decrease. Lord, let your spirit have the right of way in this house. Lord, let me decrease that your word might increase. I pray, Lord, for transparency in my speech. We need to see your son. But Father, in case we stop with your servant, please send your servant to a detour sign that I may show him the way to the cross. Because God is absolutely nothing about me. It's completely all about you. God is completely all about you and absolutely nothing about me. I pray for three things this morning. I pray for challenge. I pray for conviction. And God, I pray for spirit of change. If your people are challenged and convicted by your word, they will be changed by the same power of that same word. Let your spirit have the right of way. I pray, God, you accept this offering I present to you in my sight, the Lord of my Redeemer. Let your Chicago come to fill this temple. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This, this read our scripture this morning. Get ready. Every part of scripture is what? And useful, one way or another, showing us, exposing our, correcting our, training us through the word, and for the, say I, have an assignment from God. I have an assignment from God. I read that everywhere I go because um, if you don't come to church expecting to hear your marching orders, your assignment orders, church will become just something you do and not something you become. The Bible says we are the church. We are the temple of God. Um, you have an assignment. I love the commercial where the, 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 the father wakes up and says, Pete, I'm not coming in today. And little baby going like, what do you mean you're not coming in today? <laughs> Daddy has an assignment to take care of Pete. You have an assignment to love the Lord God with all your heart. And the text we got this morning was such a impactful thing for me as I've been traveling in this country for the last two weeks. I've been on the world since January, since my father's situation, my dad. I've been just doing a lot of traveling, so I'm glad I have the next six, seven, eight weeks I'll be here and going to a place I can get my feet underneath me. But I want to talk about the truth will stand by itself. Somebody say, how many you know you can't lie on the truth? You don't need to make it up. You don't need to change it. But And how you know that the truth will will the same thing you tell the day is the truth, it'll match 100 years from now. You don't got to add to it. It's the truth will stand by itself. So I want you to understand, God's word will stand by itself. Um, there was so much in this text that I knew I couldn't preach it all. It, it, needs, a, it needs a full-on, month-long Bible study. Um, 
the second chapter of Peter is just absolutely incredible. Um, but I think it's, it's an on-time word for today. And so, so I'm going to show you a, a clip real quickly of what the Bible is not. Give me some volume. Aren't you glad we don't do that New Season Church? <laughs> now, when I first saw that, I said, you know, that might not be too bad, Dodson. <laughs> it might not be too bad. But here's the first. Let's look, let's look, at, the, look at the text. First verse says, I like, go back to, back to here, here's, here's the first point. Is interpretation self-serving? I want to give you, this text is so huge, so huge, so huge. There are, there are technical terms, there's, there's exegesis, ex, ex, expositional, hemolytics, homiletics. There's tons of things that you can do to properly interpret the Word of God. But I give you three simple layman things that I want you to meditate over during the week. 
Just three questions. Is the interpretation self-serving? Read God's word. Does the text serve? Is it about, all about you? Does it serve your agenda, your motive? Is it self-serving? Look, 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 look at the Bible. It says, but there are, there, are also, there are also false prophets. Now, this text connects back to the verses we preached last week about the sound of God's, the truth of God's word. About it came through to inspire the inspired minds of men. I mean, it came to inspire of the Holy Spirit. He said, even though we had all that good teaching and had the Holy Spirit, there were still guys in that midst that were false teachers. He said, even as there will be false teachers amongst who? You. Peter says, there was guys who were false around us. Well, and we had, and remember now, Peter's saying, we had the Christ himself. We had, we was, we had Jesus, the living manifestation of, of God's word. And even though we had Jesus himself, there were still false teachers. Now that he's gone, guess what? There's still going to be false teachers around you. Who will what? Secretly bringing what? Destructive heresy. Even the nine of the Lord who brought them and bring on themselves with destruction. In that clip um, is all of a setup. Daniel, if you watch the clip, that's the movie on um, There Will Be Blood. It's a very, very, don't watch it. It's a very violent movie. Um, Daniel comes into the city and he wants to become all, all, all well digger. He comes in, manipulates the people, and the older gentleman that was sitting next to him, that's Eli's dad. He said, well, I'll give you my land if you come to Jesus. I know you, you're legit, but you can't come. You, there'll be no sinners falling on my land. If you come to Jesus, you can, get, you can get my land. So you saw he's reluctantly, he brought a lot of wealth to the, he brought a lot of power to them, he brought a lot of money, but he was, he was, he was wrong. So giving people Christ with, a, with an arterial motive isn't, 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 test, isn't outreach. It's not evangelism. Motive was wrong. Anyone that you present the gospel to, without really truly wanting them to be saved and changed, you've lied to them with the gospel. Any gospel that doesn't affect someone's life beyond you, you've lied to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and the text says that you're going to have destruction. Um, I tell guys all the time, I, I had a guy call me the, the other day, with this Saturday, yesterday too. He said, ah, oh, Pastor, my wife's tripping and blah, 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 she's no good. I said, you know what, hold on, let's see what the Bible says about that right quick. According to Ephesians 5, you both love your wife like Christ of the church. To the point where you died for her. As when the last time you put a, uh, uh, you died, when the last time you died for her? Well, you know, she should, ah. before we get to she should, let's stop at you should. Because according to the text, scripturally the text, you got to present your wife before God. It don't say she's going to present you. It says she, that you're going to have to present her before God. So when the last time you died to your wife? You, you, I, said, I, said, I said, I teach this every year. Women need three things. They need security, they need significance, they need support. I said, if they don't get those three things, you have a hard time loving your wife. Your wife will have a hard time loving you without security, without support, without significance. I said, so that's, what, that's how you got to die to yourself. Yeah, that, that's one-sided. It may be. It may be, but go see God about that. I said, all I do know is when I practice the three S's, 
I don't have drama. But I make Karen number one, well, number two. I make Karen number two, and, and, and for instance, we in Georgia, right? I'm doing, y'all got to love y'all first lady. I ain't lying. So I'm in Georgia, and um, Karen's in the quilting now. She's a quilter. A quilting, so she's getting this machine that she didn't tell me about. Okay, I found out through the back door. And so we're in Georgia, and there's a, the largest quilting shop in America is in Georgia. So we drive to pick these guys. She said, baby, um, you need to go here. I said, Karen, I got to preach tonight. It's a three-hour drive there, three-hour drive back. I got to preach tonight. Okay, my love. All I just want is stop by the largest quilting store in America. I understand if you're, so, if you're very busy and you can't just meet this, you know, who knows when I'll come back and just with you again. And I'm going to drive by. It's on our way to back to Albany. It's the largest quilting shop in America. You know, and, and we can't do it when we leave. We got to leave early in the morning. And I, it's okay, baby. Then what am do? <laughs> I'm going to stop by. So, go to the place. They, 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 they got a, a men's lounge. Two big leather chairs with a TV. I said, ah, perfect. Get back there. Now, probably a five-minute stop. She want to get some pat. She want to get some patterns. So, baby, I'll be no more than ten minutes. Five, ten minutes. Yeah. At halftime, <laughs> she says, "Already." <laughs> okay. Bag full of bag full of patterns and whatever she got. Oh yeah, I want to show you this machine. This farmer. I want to see the machine. I want to show you the machine. I want to show you this machine. This machine. Machine, son of a machine as big as a grand piano. <laughs> it's huge. I said, Karen, we could do this machine. Baby, it, 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 your, your little logo, it does your logo. It does all the, it, it, it does all the, I'm like, Karen, I can't afford this machine. Baby, you said, that's not, that my, you said, you, you said that our father's rich and cows in land. You said God gives us to us press down shaking and running over. You said, I would get, and she started quoting all these scriptures, Bible, I said, Karen, it's, it's out of context. <laughs> <laughs> this is being very self-serving right here, baby, so. Don't <laughs> that text was, she was shooting them visors verses out me, at me to get, to get her, her big old gigantic quilting machine. The Bible is not used to serve you. It's used to serve God's greater cause. Look, look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, many will follow their what? Because of whom the way to truth will be what? By covetedness, they will exploit you with what? Now listen. The reason why I stress at this house, Bible study, life group, you're going to need word to help you get through life and people and stuff. God told you up front that this word in the wrong hands of people could destroy you. He, the word of God is so powerful in the, in, in the hands of someone that in the hands of a manipulative person, it could take the world a whole different place. Um, 2 Timothy, I got a scripture for you. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4 says this here. And, and, and then I, I want you to have your word. I want you to really have your Bible take notes. That's why 
I, did, I didn't bring no PowerPoint. I mean, I didn't bring no iPad. I said, you know, I'm going I'm to give them the flat old, straight up Bible, straight from my heart. Because this is so, there's so much stuff in this text that I just couldn't really unpack it all. But look what the Bible says. It says, for the time will come when they will be, that they will not endure what? That means we're going to get to the point in our lives, beloved, where we don't want to hear sound teaching. We don't want to hear it. We want to hear stuff that, remember, I told you that the interpretation is self-serving. It's a bad interpretation. Now, in other words, if it's going to make, if it's going to allow me to sin, it's a bad interpretation. So he said, he said, he said, but, but according to their own what? Desires. Because they have what? Itching ears. They will heap upon themselves what? So let me go find someone that will preach the Bible the way I like it. If I want to fornicate, if I want to shack it with somebody, let me find someone who doesn't preach about fornication. Let me find somebody who doesn't preach about sin. Let me find someone who doesn't preach about holiness. Let me go to a church that doesn't have anything with accountability to God's word and accountability to myself to other people. So let me find a church that says I can do whatever I want to do because what? Jesus loves me. And they will turn aside, to, they, will t- they will turn their ears away from what? The truth. And turn aside to what? Fables. But you be watchful in all things and doing what? Do the work of what? Fulfill your ministry. He said, listen here. Um, I was with, I was at, I was in, in teaching and someone said, um, um, you can't talk about the homosexual issue. I said, you know what, you're right. I tell you what, if it's in the text, though, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just going to make up a homosexual sermon. <laughs> if it's in the text, I'm going to talk about it. I said, like, like, um, I said, matter of fact, I said, I said, you know, be honest with you, I don't mind homosexuals. You know why? They're honest. They're out the closet. They'll tell you, I'm gay and I'm happy. The only ones I don't like, them in the closet backbiters. Them in the closet backstabbers. Them in the closet gossipers. Them in the, in the closet non-tithers. I don't like them people. Lisa, Lisa homosexual, they out. It's them backdoor, phone-talking, behind-the-scene people that I got an issue with. Back, they just, they rough. They rough. I said, so... I'm not going to spend all my time on that. I'm going to spend my time on stuff that's not coming out the closet. Getting you to live right and holy and honorable to God is what I'm going to spend my time because what? That's what sound teaching is about. My call as your pastor is not to teach you stuff to make you feel good or, no, it's to get you to the point where you can live your life and you look more like Jesus. You change people's lives. When people get around you, they can see, man, there's something different about that person. And because you look like Christ, because you, you care about them, they want to know about the Christ that you know. That's my God. That, that's my calling. It's not to make you feel good, make you happy. No. Because, see, there are people out there right now who, who are doing that and tell you, say, God is love. No. He's love. Guess what? According to the same Bible, he's a God of wrath. So second point, not only is scripture, is scripture the interpretation um, self-serving, but also is it seasonal? Is it seasonal? I mean, 
there's a shift. There's a change. You know, seasons change. That's why our church called New Seasons. You know, yet seasons change. So if, if, if the scripture is seasonal, it will work this season, work that season, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't real scripture. I mean, you can't say thou shalt not kill in March and then come June, it's okay to kill somebody. <laughs> That's seasonal. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't work, does it? <laughs> well, Scripture the same way. So back to the guy. I said, guy, you, you can't tell me that on Ephesians um, 5.23, the Bible says, wives submit to your husband. You're right. That's true. But you can't claim that one without first claiming Ephesians 5, 3, where you're going to die to yourself. You can't claim that one because according to that text, when you attach that scripture to 1 Peter, where it says, if you don't do her right, your prayer gets hindered. It's in the text. 1 Peter 3, 5 says, if husband, if you don't honor your wife as a weaker vessel, God will hinder your prayers. That's the only place in scripture that gives the authority of someone's prayer life to another, a human being. Brock, you don't treat Jennifer right, God hinders your prayers. Jen, that's some power. <laughs> so I jink at them cars she be wanting. <laughs> jink it whatever she wants. <laughs> guys, that's huge. How many people got, how many guys got, how many men got daughters? Got daughters. Okay. Now, you will fight for your son. But you will hit some options. <laughs> you get a gun for your daughter. I mean, <laughs> I mean, your baby girl, you be like, where, where you at? <laughs> you, you go beat somebody up for your son. But your daughter? That's prison time. Exactly. Well, guess what? Guys, if you dishonor your wife, she's whose daughter? Ouch. So if you would do prison for your natural daughter, imagine what God of the universe would do for his daughter to you. That's, guess what? That's the text. Now, ladies, you can't go, well, I want this done. No, I ain't had that go either. <laughs> I, 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 see, I see it right now. Oh, yeah. Preach, pastor, preach, pastor, preach. <laughs> <laughs> the text says, Submit yourself to your husband. It says respect him. There's a balance to the text. It's not seasonal. See, if, if, if the interpretation can shift with life, shift with stuff. See, the reason why I'm big on the text, it stands the test of time. The text, um, when my dad got sick, this day, I couldn't get Exodus 20 and 12 out my book. Turn your Bible Exodus 20 and 12. Exodus 20 and 12. Yeah, I know, I know you don't have it back in the back. If you get it, it's cool. If you don't understand. Who, who has Exodus 20 and 12? Miss Eddie, go ahead and read it. Now, my dad was not in my life, okay? He was dying. I didn't owe my dad. I didn't owe my dad nothing. Not nothing. I saw the guy uh, twice in 10 years. 
I saw him periodically as I was growing up as a kid. Got a couple of pictures. I couldn't find a lot of pictures of me and my dad. Past nine. He is, he's, he's dying of cancer, and he wants his son to come take care of him because he saw how I took care of my mom. Now, in the flesh, nah, I'm, yeah, no. But I couldn't get Exodus 20 and 12 out of my mind because that's not seasonal. It didn't say if he was a good father or it was, it was, if, they, if they were a good mom. It didn't say that. It said, honor your father and your mother. Wait, before you get to the, there's a, there's a comma. Read the text. It says, honor your father and mother. Come. Stop, right there. You got to first honor them. And if you honor that, you honor them that your days may be long in the land in which your God has given you. So, listen, y'all. I want some stuff. How many of y'all want some stuff? <laughs> I want some stuff. So, the text says, if I don't honor my mother and father, God going to take back stuff. And I'm going to shorten my life. How many of y'all have seen kids get killed because there's no honor to their mother and father? The, the mama said, come home at 9, they come home at 8, get the drive-by, they go. I mean, this stuff happened because why? They're not, and I couldn't, I, because, I, because I love the text, I spent a lot of money on my dad this last two, two, two months. A whole lot. And got nothing back. And I'm still unpacking it now. I'm still emotionally like, ah, I got a brother, I got a brother I didn't even know I had really, really well. I got, I met my nephews for the first time in 30, 50 years. He's catching like, hi, uncle, who the heck are you? I realized I, I, I got, I got a brother in, in, in Alabama and a sister in, 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 in Georgia. I don't even know them. Honor your father and your mother. I had to. Why? So the text says, let's say your dad's great, honor him. Let's say your, your mother was there and, and she was a crack mom and she, she gave you up and you don't honor her. No. Said honor her. Because why? She gave you life. Without your parents, you wouldn't be here. So if the text becomes seasonal, then it's not, you got bad interpretation. You got to deal with it. So therefore, I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to be a man, be a, be a godly preacher, and face the text head on. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the land that the Lord God has given you. Because why? It shows humility. It shows that, that you're second and God's first. My dad died a death, a death of dignity. Died with me. He didn't die alone. I held his hand the entire process. Um, got around family. Barrel us the place he cared for him. Same way my grandmother died. Same way. My grandma knew she was going to die. So my mother, take me, take me home with you this weekend. Why? I just want to go home with you. And she died at the house. And the last thing she's told me was, "Baby, always come home before the rain." I will never forget that. It was her last word that she went to glory. She said, "Baby." Always come home before the rain. Because it was a rainstorm coming. I just made it. I just made it before the storm. And she said, always come home before the rain. And I, and I understood that. Get in, get in, get, get in the ark. 
getting to safety. Because when the rain comes, it's too late. Because my grandma knew I was pre- I should have preached at five years old, and I didn't. She said, come home before the rain. Always come home before the rain. I, and, and I thank God I came home before the rain. The text drives me. Not my feelings, my emotions. No. My, my flesh. No. What does the text say? If it's seasonal, bad interpretation. If I can twist it to make it feel good, bad interpretation. Most time, it hurts. This text, Dottie, I didn't like it. I didn't like Exodus 20. I didn't like it. I did not, I did not like it. Mother Gray, I didn't like it. Because it made me own up to what you're going to do, preacher. You're going to be a pastor or a fake or a false prophet. I chose to be a pastor. I chose to be a man of the word. So I, I took it and deal with it, and prayerfully it helps other people do what they got to do. Because I can't let the word be seasonal. L- let me show you what that looked like, what, what, what seasonal preachers um, look like. This last clip, and I'm going to get you out of here. Let me show you, show you what seasonal preachers look like.
You already had a seasonal word? Same guy that was slapping him. But when $100,000 showed up, Both broken. It's an interpretation. It's a, it's a seasonal. It's not real. And lastly, get you out of here, is, is interpretation scripture. Is interpretation scripture. That's the last one. That's the last point. If I can't write this down, all scriptural. No, Scripture will interpret Scripture. Put that in your notes. Scripture will interpret Scripture. Period. Not a commentary on someone's writing. If you can take Scripture and interpret Scripture all the time. That is sound teaching. If I, if I need someone else to help me interpret this Scripture, then it's a bad interpretation. I can find adoption from Genesis to Revelation, I can find sanctification. I can find just I can find every major doctrinal thing in the Bible. I can find it and find the line from Genesis down to Revelation. Because why? It's scriptural. Hebrews um, four says, "For the word of God is what is living and what, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the what, visions of the soul and the spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is it what." The cerner of the thoughts and what? This is why this is important. How many people here have ever had them find themselves at a, at a bad place? And then stumbled on the word. And what was in the word when you stumbled upon it was exactly what you needed. Anybody was there? Anybody ever been there? I mean, good night. How many of you ever come to church? Just like, you know, he better say something tonight, this morning. If he don't, I'm done. You get here, and exactly what you need is like Federal Express, please sign for the package. Because why? God's word knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God, God knows exactly what you need. Why? His word is living. The Bible is not, the Bible is not a dead document. It's alive. And God wants you to know that, beloved. It says, and there is no creature, that means you, hidden from his sight. Jesus says, sanctify them by the truth. My word is truth. And Jesus says, he is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, where it was God. Verse, 19, verse 17 says, no, 11, and the word became flesh. That's Jesus. Since you cannot hide nothing from God's word, but all things are what? Naked and open. <laughs> and guess what, beloved? The last part is the word that gets me the most. We what? Must give an account. <laughs> Lord Jesus. So, preachers and deacons and elders, listen. You got to give an account for what you teach. It says, it says in Hebrews, um, Hebrews, 5, Hebrews um, 5 and 12, it says, it says don't be quick, to, don't be quick to, to be a teacher. Don't, don't, be, don't be rushing to be a teacher. You better slow down. If you, if, if you, because you're going to be held accountable for what you teach. I am, as your pastor, I am accountable to God. I'm the only guy on the planet. When I see God, he's going to ask me about you. 
Y'all gonna go there? Dean Slaw, how you doing? Um, well, you a teacher, you gonna get you get jacked up too a little bit. So he <laughs> I'm sorry, Dicky. <Dickie. laughs> Let's get somebody simple. Okay, uh, you, 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 Jerry, how you doing? Lord, I'm, I'm saved. Boom, come on in. Ah, with me? He gonna put a list. Well, you taught on April 5th this, and that caused this person to mess up, and that person mess up, which caused this person mess up, which caused that person mess up. Now you you gotta get account for that. You taught back in, on, in July this, which was wrong, out of text, and that made this person get messed up, and that person get messed up with cause. Because how many know it's a domino effect? Thank you. Good, good job, Deacon Pete. It says that for though you, there are times you ought to be teachers, need someone to what? Teach you. Again, the first principle of the office, he said, you, you, you don't know the basics, but you want to teach. You still need milk. No. So don't be rushing to, I want to, I want to, no. Don't, don't be rushing to get something you're not ready for. Because you will give an account for this stuff. I'm t- Lady asked me today in Chicago, I had, had a Q&A for, um, you know, we launched Chicago. I told mom be, I'll, I'll be the bishop pretty soon. She said, um, she, she said, she said, since you're going to be my bishop, what keeps you right? I'm going to submit to you. I'm thinking about relocating my whole life to come to San Diego because I believe what you, I, 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 I'm believing what you are. What keeps you right? Why should I risk my job, my livelihood to come follow a vision that you have? I said, there's two things. I said, God and my kids. What you mean? I said, I, wanna, I don't want to honor God. I don't, don't want to dishonor God. I said, I want my kids to say my dad was real. I said, I want my kids to go, I, I wanna, when, I, when, I, when I put my, my kids, put me in the grave, they, I want them to say, their lives are man of God. I, 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 want, I want my sons and my daughters to say, my dad was the real deal. He preached, he taught it, he lived it. That's why I will not dishonor my call. Because my kids mean something to me. They're my, they're my hero. When I'm dead and gone, my kids will still be there. And what I put in my kids will outlast me. So I will not dishonor my family and my children that God has blessed me with. Now that's why you can count me on being a good bishop for you. She said, I'm moving in a year to come to you. That's why I do it. I got to face God. According to Hebrews, Hebrews says I must give an account for you. My grandkids are dead and are counting on me to be right. My children are counting on me. To, my great-great-grandkids are counting on me to be right. That their father, their grandfather, gave their parents sound teaching that wasn't seasonal, wasn't self-serving, that was biblical, that was scriptural, and at last, the test of time. My kids, my, my legacy is, is counting on me to do that. Well, guess what? So are you. I love to watch these two kids, these two guys here. He's dressed like Papa. <laughs> he looks like Papa. And Papa worked hard to show him the right way. So does Mama. I love Sister. That's, these are her roles. You don't see her without her kids. This is my job. This is my assignment. This his job, make the money, feed me. My job, I got these kids. Them kids, they come home. Them kids, the only kids I know, go, go someplace and sit in the corner and don't even know they're there. They trained well. That's her assignment. 
they're dressed well. His assignment to take care of his. They got a they balanced life, family. Guess what? He can't tell nobody not how to do it right. His dad go, what did I show you? You see me come home late? No. You see me not honor your mother? No. You see me not provide for you? No. So what, what's this you doing? He has no excuse to come home drunk, come home high, be, to be a dishonorable man. Well, he hasn't seen it. That's why we are fighting. God will give all his clothes an account for this. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 of the text says, I got to get to the next service. Um, verse 3 says that, huh? You're going to be okay. You'll get it. There we go. Next three. Okay. By covenants, they were what? For a long time, they're what? Then idle. But their destruction does not what? Listen. They may look like they're getting away. But let me tell you something, beloved. The God that we serve is going to get them off. Those prosperity preachers on TV, those naming and claim it, and happy-go-lucky go, and, and, and tiptoe to the tulip preachers, those pimps and prophets, guess what? One day, God will get them. Oh, yeah. Somebody say, they're going to get caught. Somebody's going to have a video, a cell phone, a recorder, but they are going to get caught. And when they get caught, guess what? Destruction. But because they're so good, they'll get right back in line again. This is why. Because people want to go someplace that they can feel justified for their own sins. You ever wonder, how can a guy have a horrid affair at his church? Horrid. Bring the, ex, the baby that he got pregnant out of an affair to the church, and the church packed. Well, you can't preach about a whole lot of sexual things if you got the, the baby sitting there. You can't preach about a whole lot of things if, you, if you're a whoremonger. There's certain things you can't tell because because your lifestyle cuts your preaching. So people say, oh, I go to second church. Why? Because certain things I know he can't preach about. Why? Because he's living it. See, sorry, that new season. There will be nothing limiting my preaching for y'all. Hear me? Nothing. Even if I'm jacked up, I'll preach to myself to get right. <laughs> there will be nothing to limit me from preaching to you, thus says the Lord. Period. Why? I must give an account. So in layman terms, three things. There's interpretation, self-serving. Interpretation, seasonal. Interpretation, scriptural. Ask yourself these three questions. And as you read God's word, you will never, ever go astray. I can promise you. If you ask those three questions as you read the word of God, does this serve me? Does this scripture shift? And can I find scripture to match and validate this scripture? can, then it's good interpretation. If it's not, keep digging to find the real thing. Jesus Christ died that you would have the right to do that. He came to set you free. He empowered men like the preachers and pastors you have here and ladies to, to give you the, the true word of God that your life would be changed by the power of his word. Not by my power, but by the power of God's word. That's why God sent his word to you. This morning, if you're here this morning, you, and, you, and you 
don't know Christ as your Savior, this morning you can come to Christ and get him as your Savior. You're here this morning. You, 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 don't, you don't know Christ. You're, you're foreign of him. You don't have a clue who he is. Or you, you've done the religious thing. You've done the religion, but you haven't done relationship. This morning you can change that. Let's pray. Father God, there might be someone here this morning. Who does, not, who does not know you as Lord and Spirit, don't know you as saved, don't, don't have a clue. They've done church their whole life, but God, today they need to have a relationship. If you're here this morning, you want to come to Christ as your personal Lord and Savior at your seat. Just raise your hand, Pastor. You know I need Jesus Christ. I've tried, you're right, I've tried religion, but today I need, I need relationship. I need, I need true teaching. You're here this morning, I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand, God bless you. Raise your hand and, and come to know Christ. You don't have a, if you've been a backslider, a backslider, been playing around with church, and you want to come home, to, you really want to get right today. You don't want to upside down. You want a real, true relationship with God. If you're here this morning, you want to come, you want to come back home, beloved, my prodigal son and prodigal daughter. Would you please raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need to come back. I've been running around. I've been running from church. I've been playing games. And I want to come home today. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. This morning, you want to. Seasons, not, we're not, we're not a perfect, we're not a perfect church. We got issues, from me down to, to, the, to the back door. But you, but I tell you one thing right now, I will press hard for you. I will die trying for you, that you become the best person God has designed for you from the foundation of the world. I will not stop it. I will be relentless at my calling to make you the greatest person God saw in you from the foundation. And I would love to be your pastor this morning. Here this morning, you want to be part of our church family seat and say, Pastor, I, I, this is my, I want to be part of this family. I want to grow at this house. If that's you this morning, would you please raise your hand and say, yes, I want to be part of this. I want to grow at this church. I want to be part of this family of God. you here, please raise your hand. Father God, bless those who, I see your hand, bless you. God, bless those whose hands are raised, who want to be part of our church family. God, you know the blessings of them. You know who they are. Let your power of your word be so amazing, it will change their life from this day and forevermore. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give God some praise for from those who raise their hands. My brother, give me some money. God bless you. All right. My two sisters, God bless you. Come on, give God, come on, y'all. Give God some praise. Pastor Michael, you take care of him. Deacon John, you take care of the three. Okay. Listen, new seasons. I love you. Let's stay on it. Let's stay committed. Okay, listen here. This is not a game. This is not a game. Souls are going to hell games at this house we will be not self-serving we will not be seasonal and by the grace of god everything we teach will be backed up by the word of god you got me if not i will quit i'll put i'll tell you right now may not stop to sound scripture i will leave this church okay and guess what that ain't happening god bless y'all see y'all see y'all, see y'all with me.